Hello, and welcome again to Making Risk Flow, a podcast that reveals everything you need to know about digitizing risk in commercial insurance. I am Juan Di Castro, and in each episode, we will walk you through how to make it work in your organization. Today, I'm joined by Sahir Huda, who until recently was the SVP in charge of data analytics and automation at Hiscox USA. In that capacity, he focused on the topic of digitizing risks across a number of different workflows. We are now very lucky that Sahir has recently joined us to lead our North America operations at Saitora. Sahir, it's a, it's a real pleasure to have you join me for today's episode. Uh, do you want to start with a brief introduction of yourself? Yeah, thanks, Juan. Um, extremely excited to be here and chat, right? Uh, yeah, so as you said, at Hiscox, I was the SVP for data and digital enablement. And as you kind of explained, sometimes that's a, a broad, ambiguous word. It's kind of three areas, right? There's the data aspect of kind of driving the democratization of data in the organization, the analytics, which sits upon that, um, and digital enablement, which is, as uh, Juan, you mentioned, how do you automate or digitize kind of these business processes by leveraging emerging technologies and RPA, OCR, whatever it is. Uh, prior to that, you know, technology organization and consulting. Uh, but yeah, excited to be here now. Fantastic. Re- really glad to, uh, to have you. We could perhaps start with, as you've mentioned, right, you were quite focused on, on digitizing workflows and, and risk um, at Hiscox. What were the main objectives you had in mind in those initiatives? So, so for us, it was it, it came down to two different areas. When you talk about automating the the kind of high volume, repetitive tasks that are going on, the two things were one: how do you maximize underwriting capacity, and two: how do you improve turnaround time? Uh, so, let me let me dig into that a little bit, right? Because both of those kind of several data points around that one. I mean, we all know there's a lot of manual activities that exist out there, right? And, and when I, what I mean by that is prior to the underwriter taking it on, there's, at least at my organization, our organization, it was underwriter assistants who tried to facilitate. So there's manual work there. But then even after the underwriter gets involved, we know that there's sometimes manual. And even at times you get repetitive because of lack of clarity of who exactly is going to take this task on. Uh, the next piece I would say is, the underwriters are spending time on risks that they don't necessarily quote, or you could argue that they could be done in a more efficient manner by leveraging kind of these emerging technologies. And finally, the, the kind of upside to this is outside of where you are today is how do you add more logic upfront in the process? And everybody recognized that there was an opportunity for that, right? So I'm talking about the automatic routing, the declination, the prioritization, or whatever it is that it's clearly an opportunity there to drive more efficiency across the whole workflow. Fantastic. And the, and the, and the second bit you mentioned was the um, kind of reducing turnaround time. And, and that is actually something um, we hear very frequently from clients is, is how do you provide the better service uh, to brokers? How do you let them know whether you're going to quote or not a given submission? Um, and also, how can you minimize the turnaround time so, the, so that end clients are not waiting days or weeks to get quotes back, right? Exactly. And, and, I, and I think we've even heard that there are links to the faster you quote, the more likely to bind, right? So, so I, I mean, it, it, of course, depends on product, business. There's a lots of kind of variables that you can dig into. But there is 
a, a benefit to be able to fa uh, have higher turnaround times or faster turnaround times. Yeah, def definitely. Okay, so so when when you are when you started with these initiatives a few years ago, what were the the first challenges or the major challenges you faced um, when kicking off these initiatives? Yeah, so it, it was also interesting for me because coming into it, I, I didn't realize how complex these workflows are. Right. Um, not only complex, but uh, multi-dimensional. I'd say that's the biggest piece for me. You know, you, you have variances by product, you have variances by type of process or maturity of process, the number of customer touch points or internal touch points. And then I'd say there are just multiple components of that workflow, right? So you, you have the intake, the triage, right? The appetite check, the underwriters then do their own risk assessment. There's actually the quote creation you can go on, right? So I think the, the, the complexity the fact that there's multiple aspects to each process is uh, new to, was new to me, right? And it was obviously a challenge because you're trying to standardize and drive automation, which requires a bit of simplicity where possible. The second piece is when you talk about these technologies, these emerging technologies, it, it's, it's, it's the art of orchestrating all of them together, right? Because you have um, extraction up front. You might use some OCR or external data to be able to manage the structured, unstructured forms. You want to augment that to learn even more about the customer potentially. You want to automatically see if there are other um, kind of entity recognizing services so it's easy to find more data points on them. But I think the most important, if I talk about this orchestrating, and I, I, I probably overlooked this one or didn't give it as much credence as I should, is an operational user-friendly workflow. Right. So when, when some of the, the process complexity is inherent, so it's not always about one simple workflow. It's about how do you create something that allows the underwriter or the underwriting assistant, whoever it is, to be able to use this and be able to even handle the exception paths or the normal flow that you're expecting. Yeah. And that, that is also something we see quite frequently, right? When when some of our clients um, try to, to make progress in this space, um, they, they realize, first of all, how many different technologies are involved, mm -hmm. how they need to be orchestrated up front, right? Because it, it is, uh, you mentioned this earlier too, is you, you want to do all these analysis as early on in the process as possible. So by the time it, a submission gets to an underwriter, all the kind of analysis has been performed on the, on this, on the risk. Um, exactly. Yeah, so I think that totally resonates with, with our experience too. And I think the, the other piece is that it's ideal, right? That the more you can get done up front, the more you can push up front in the funnel, the better for the underwriter. But sometimes there are more complex risks where you have to accept that it will be relatively less that you'll be able to pull off, right? But there is an opportunity is the key point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it sounds like you started um, making progress internally, Kind of with your own resources at Hiscox, um, how how did you how did you do this all by yourselves? Did you did you leverage any third party? Um, yeah, so I think for us it was we did decide to approach it internally, but I, I want to caveat that and explain that a little bit, right? Um, so first, building something in house like this requires much more coordination and management. It's just the nature of you're you're trying to build an unpaid, you're trying to work on an unpaved path in the space, right? So there's a lot of trying and failing for several of these emerging technologies as we kind of referenced earlier. And I don't think organizations always have that capacity and time to 
find that perfect or ideal orchestration of the process and the technology. So short answer is you could do it internally, um, kind of the way we approached it. But the good news is that I would say there are a handful of tech companies, not, not only Saitoro, several of them that exist right now that have been purely focused in this space, right? And that's why I've joined Saitoro. And in the past few years, I've actually seen this space mature significantly. So you don't necessarily have to figure this out all by yourself or in-house. There are players who specialize in this now within the industry. And I would say a lot of credibility to successes they've had as well. Yeah, yeah. And that makes total sense. So if you look back and kind of think about the, uh, the progress you made at, at Hiscox and the um, success you drove, kind of what, are, what would you say are the top three, four kind of ingredients that, are, that were critical for uh, success? Top of the line that comes to my head or top of my mind is the ownership sponsorship aspect, right? So who is it that's going to try to push to reach that optimal workflow process, right? And what, and, and assuming this is the decision maker, how will they enforce all the stakeholders to make those calls? Because there are sometimes sticky topics that will come up, right? And in terms of across underwriting, across operations, there's regulatory impacts, Right? You, you have to really understand, at least in the U.S. market, from an admitted perspective, you, you have to understand kind of what you're working with. So who is it that's going to make that drive to get to the right state? The second piece to me is really what are the objectives? What, what are you focused on when you say this? I mean, I think automation and digitization is a, a high, high level kind of ambition. But if you take it one level lower, right, what, what are you solving for? Is it that you want to give the underwriter capacity reduce internal touch points, turnaround time, customer experience. What is it? And then how do you, through that, how do you really understand your process today? There are often exception paths, and sometimes those ex- exception paths are which take up more time than you expected. Do you understand those? Do you understand your process performance baseline today? I think a lot of that we had to kind of do on the fly because we didn't always ask these questions or push on them. So for example, if you're looking for benefits of an automated process, where are you today? How many submissions are you getting done in one hour and where do you want to get to? So I think those sorts of objectives and benefits, understanding that in combination with the ownership piece, I think that will take you miles and miles away from a success in at least first iteration of a workflow, right? That's digitized or automated. Yeah, okay. That that is that is really insightful. Um, so perhaps also to help some of our uh, our clients, right? So you know, what would be the the uh, the advice you would give to somebody who's embarking on this type of initiative, who's thinking about how do I create underwriting capacity, how do I reduce the quote turnaround time? Um, what advice would you give them? I, I, one, I'd probably keep it uh, simple to what we just uh, chatted if I kind of recap some of that, right? Uh, first, ensure you have that clear objective. What are you solving for? Who is that sponsor, that executive sponsor, the decision maker, the owner that's going to really push this over the line? Uh, the next, I would say, is understanding your process and optimizing it if you need to, right? I, I think before we talk technology, if you need to lean out, understand the exception paths, do what's necessary to be able to say, I understand how the process is working together today. I understand what can be and what can't be standardized. And then finally, I'd say the biggest step is don't get 
overly ambitious for that first iteration, right? Take that one step, automate, digitize what you have working already. And then in the next iteration, say, hey, I want to add more. I want to add the underwriting prioritization capacity. I want to be able to leverage external data to automatically predict X, Y, and Z. All of that stuff come in iterations versus trying to do all of that in that first iteration. Yeah, and, and again, that, that really resonates with, with my experience, right? Where uh, some of our clients try to do too much at once, right? Like, okay, can, can we kind of deploy this type of technology and can we um, right away add new, completely new insights for underwriters to look at risks differently, right? And, and you, you cannot forget there's a change management component to all of this, right? You, you need to... You need to, over time, gain the trust of the underwriters. The underwriters need to understand that technology is making the right recommendations or decisions um, for them to help them, right? And and to do that, our uh, always our advice is, first of all, is start with the data sources and the data you are using today. So there's nothing really new to the underwriters, right? Start with the type of decision. So if you're using turnover, trade, whatever it is for appetite, go live with those type of decisions. And then over time, you can then analyze, refine, and evolve, right? It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's funny that we talk about this because it, it is difficult because you get excited when you hear the prospect of the art of possible with technologies and you want to add all of that. But at the same time, kind of to where you're going, right, you're trying to minimize failure and ensure success. And to ensure success, changes, uh, the capacity of the organization, change management of the people involved is critical. So how do you do this with what you have and then kind of take it to the next level? Exactly. And I think that one of the main measures of success is when it's the underwriters who after having used the, the kind of the platform for a few months are the ones asking for, hey, how about if, you, if we also use this type of insights uh, to, to drive this type of decision. So how about if we now tweak the appetite criteria to make it more granular? And then it becomes a an underwriting-driven kind of roadmap, which is, I think, uh, I would say it's probably the number one uh, driver for success in this type of... Yeah. Even more ideal when the momentum just starts being pushed, not only by you, by, but by others in the organization, right? That's exciting. Absolutely. Well, this is fantastic. I mean, we just wanted to make a short first episode with you, Sahir, also to welcome you to Saitora. I cannot be more excited to add to work together. Um, I'm sure we'll have time in, in future episodes to get deeper and in, in more detail uh, into specific use cases. But uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me today. Thank you, Juan. Pleasure talking.